the show starts in three, two, one. Welcome to the Voice of Two Legends. Today we bring you Station Camp's only, Holbart Jeffrey Combs, former Knox Doss Middle School girls coach. We talked to him about his journey from Vanderbilt University to where he is today. As always, episodes will be out every Wednesday and Friday. Be sure to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and rate five stars. Hit that follow button if you're on Spotify. We're also on Facebook at Mostly Sober Thoughts, Twitter, Mostly Sober Pod, and Instagram, Mostly Sober Thoughts Podcast. Enjoy the episode, guys. All right, on today's episode, we have Coach Combs from Station Camp. Coach Combs, we're going to start with a couple questions we're going to ask that we ask every guest that comes on. The first one being, what's your favorite sport to watch on TV? Sure. Well, hey, guys, it's good to be here with you. And uh, with all this craziness going on outside, it's good to talk about sports and things like that as opposed to everything else that's out there. And this may surprise you guys. Um, I love I love my Atlanta Braves. Uh, so I can watch any Atlanta Braves baseball game. Uh, but I wouldn't say that's favorite sport to watch because I can't watch like any other team, <laughs> I can't put on some great team. Other games, uh, I can't put any of it on. Basketball is kind of obvious. We're going to talk a lot about basketball. Really, the only sport that I can just pop on and let it be there, and me just kind of be paying attention to is is football. Are we? Talking, I never would have guessed that. Are we talking NFL? Are we talking college or just any football? Don't matter. Don't Doesn't matter. matter. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I, that I, definitely did surprise on, me. If it's on, I'll I'll usually have it on in the house. Uh, while I'm here, baseball, like, uh, the only one I can watch is is the Braves. I can't watch Red Sox, Yankees. I can't watch. Uh, there's one I was wanting to watch, Kershaw versus Bumgarner. Oh, that would Land be on it, looking for it, and then just never sat down to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but football games, Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, I plan around those things. <laughs> I, I watched every single uh, Monday Night Football game this year at work on my phone when I was supposed to be working. So I, I understand what you mean by that. So you said you're a big fan of the Atlanta Braves. What's your other favorite sports teams? Like what's your NFL team or your hockey team? Or I'll go mostly local for a lot of that. Titans, Predators, uh, Vanderbilt. I guess my favorite basketball team would be the Celtics. That's my only one that's outside of this area. Uh, but most of the rest of it, I'm, I'm going to say pretty local with the teams around here. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, just kind of a not not necessarily on the topic of sports, but to get to know you a little bit better, uh, Coach Combs, do you have any nicknames that maybe like not even us would know about? Um, I'm not sure you, either of you might have. Well, at least I've known the uh, my first name is Hobart. It's I go mm-hmm. by my middle name of Jeff, but the first name is Hobart. And yes. so my nickname all through junior high and high school and all that time was just Hobie. Hobie and so all the things okay. that kind of come off of that Hobie one Kenobi and, and things like that <laughs> That's um, a good one. would pop out. But Hobie was just always the, the basic usual nickname that i think i went by that by more than jeff when i was in school okay what about did you have as a kid or maybe even now a superpower that you would just love to have this is a controversial question this is one of the probably the most talked about questions we have that we ask everybody i'm gonna do the doctor strange be able to teleport Ooh. oh that's a good that's a new one that, that's, that's a that's a new one, one. that's the first from one. one place to another i hate Slow drivers. I hate being on the road when I don't need to be. 
Let me just zap from one place to another, jump through a hoop, and get myself think, there. I'm going to go with Doctor Strange teleportation part. I like and that And the freezing one. time part's cool, too. <laughs> yeah. I went with invisibility, and Michael went with flying. So we're, we're kind of a little bit in this similar area. So the big question everyone's talking about now, especially with uh, the last dance coming out, Coach Combs, is mm -hmm. MJ or LeBron? <laughs> oh, that one's almost not even fair. <laughs> um, I mean, I grew up with MJ, Space Jam and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think now, I think LeBron gets kind of an unfair shake at it. Um, that the fact that Michael lost to the Pistons and lost to the Celtics, both in his conference, gets forgotten. But he's six and zero in championships. But LeBron has dominated his conferences, gets the championship against harder, better teams, and, and loses those. Really, the only championship that I can be like, you know what, LeBron should never have lost that one, was the first Miami one against Dallas. Yeah, yeah, but all the rest of them. That that Dallas team that year was good. Like Dirk they dominated were good, that but series. They, but they should not. That Miami yeah. team should not have lost to him. That's about the only one. Um, I can say, like, the first time he got there with the Cavs and played the Spurs, yeah, that team, that Cavalier team didn't even deserve to be on the court at the finals. Very true. And he got them there. Uh, but even that one, once he lost that one, then all of a sudden, well, he can't go 6-0 and anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, MJ did a lot of things, and really his globalness is um, pretty amazing. But you know what? I, I'm, I kind of find myself rooting for LeBron because everyone else seems to be rooting against him. See, Everyone I, loves an underdog. That, that I feel like that that. Who ever thought LeBron is an underdog? I know. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're He's going up against, from, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going up against Michael Jordan, then like I can see the point of view where you would think that LeBron's an underdog. I I'm all team LeBron all the way. I think that the competition is higher now than it was in the past, and I don't I don't say that trying to take away anything from MJ because. I mean, his stats, you know, 6-0 in championships speaks for itself. But that's my – I just my... think it's a – I think this question is gener, generation-based because, um, like he said, he grew up with MJ. Well, we grew up in the LeBron era. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the game of basketball is a lot different than it was when MJ played versus nowadays when LeBron plays. Because I saw something the other day that was, like, very, I guess, surprising to me was, like – um it was Michael Jordan's spray chart, his career spray chart versus like um, James Harden's career spray, uh, spray chart. And it was like 85% of James Harden's shots were outside of the three-point line, but like 14% mm -hmm. of Michael Jordan's shots were outside of the three-point line. And like, to me, that's just a different, like different style of basketball, different, different era. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a completely different era now. And that's um, one of the main differences there. Um, but let's not pretend that MJ didn't play some great all-time greats either. Oh, absolutely. There are plenty of all-time greats. I mean, he played on that dream team, and he had to beat most of them to to get his 6-0 championships. Bird is what, probably one of the best basketball – I would say he's one of the most underrated basketball players. Uh, oh, I love Larry. And, yeah, he kind of got overlooked because he – Magic had that smile yeah, and the, the Magic charm. Magic had that L.A. big market. You know, Boston was – Boston's a big market, but – you can't compare Boston to LA. So here you go. Who's more? I'll, ask, I'll turn the question around on you. Who's more underrated, Bird or Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan. 
I think Tim Duncan, because Tim Duncan never talked. He never was that front, you know, like he was I, never he that was, loud mouth. You know what I mean? He like, was the guy that he went in, he did his work, he grinded out, and he proved himself on the court and nothing else mattered to him. So yeah. I think that it's Tim Duncan, yeah. So, yeah, but both of them are that they're overshadowed in their eras, Duncan more by Kobe and then Bird obviously by Magic. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. basketball is a tough thing to pick some certain players. So, yeah, I'll, I would probably say LeBron. I actually never rooted for MJ. I always rooted against him. So I'll stick with LeBron <laughs> then. All right. So next question for you. This one's controversial, and we've had a lot of back and forth on it. Do you believe that pineapples go on pizza? I'll eat it on pizza. Okay, um, so you're pro pineapple. I'm pro pineapple. I, I wouldn't okay, say it's okay. my favorite, um, but a bl- slice of Hawaiian pizza, ham, pineapple, every now and then, certainly not a bad taste. There are people there that won't even won't even touch it, and like to oh, me, I know there are just ridiculous. But all right, last question. Like, like I won't touch anchovies on a pizza either, but I know there are plenty of people who do that. So you know, yeah, I'm not. I'm an anti anchovy person on pizza. Yeah. I just that's just wrong <laughs> but uh <laughs> last question before we get on uh to some more stuff about you as an individual and about you know coaching style and stuff like that if you could have a meal with anybody dead or alive who would it be and why i would love to eat and meet with uh brad stevens okay um i, I love his brain for basketball uh and i love how he he teaches he is not one of those yellers and screamers of coaches mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of more my personality as well and but just the fact that he is always respected and does very very well for himself uh, so I would love to pick his brain a little bit uh, with coach Krzyzewski being a very very close second got you okay. coach K is probably and I guess in my generation would be like my my kind of like Greg Popovich you know what I mean like he's that elite coach I guess so I can I completely understand where you're coming from that. So, Coach, and the one thing with that difference, uh, before you get to that, if you're going to open that can of worms here real quick, um, I, I love I love Tim Duncan. I love my Spurs, but can we say Popovich is that great of a coach without Tim Duncan? Because Shashevsky's had to do with new crops of player every single time he turns around. Yeah, you know, I never thought about it like that. I don't know. That's just a hard one, you know, because like, and I guess that's just the difference between like comparing. Nick Saban versus Belichick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Could could Belichick be that good in in college? Because you 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 saw Saban went to the NFL and did pretty bad. You know his he didn't do very well at all. So yeah. like, I think it takes a specific. It's it's a different coaching style. You can be a great NFL coach and a terrible college coach. And I think one big factor that goes into that is a the money of it. Once you start dealing with people and money gets involved, I feel like it's a lot harder. I would imagine so, yeah. And like, uh, but yeah, there's a there's a doctor in Miami that probably doesn't get many Christmas cards from Nick Saban. <laughs> no, from when he didn't clear Drew Brees on the physical to go to Miami. Yeah, that uh, would have that would have shaken up the NFL definitely. That might have made it made a difference in that that storyline. <laughs> But yeah, you got then you got a coach like Pete Carroll who can do both, both collegiate and pro, has had success in both places. Yeah, but you got to look at the teams he had too, and some of the teams he had were stacked. I, I think you could have almost plugged and played any coach in those teams, and they would have done well. Okay, so mm-hmm. you want to talk about USC then? Is, is that where you're going with that one? Yeah, I mean, with the USC team, he had he had let's see, he had Reggie or he had Reggie yep. Bush, right? And then he had that was Matt Leinart and. 
Yeah. All that. Then, okay, but here's the thing. College, how did that entire team get there? He recruited them. They were, yeah. He brought them in. That's true. So he had a part in bringing them in there. And then when you get the pros where you have a lot more limitations on it. That is true, um, yes. Now, he, he, did, he was not real successful at New England before USC. Yes, he was around before then. Um, he, he did not do well in New England. But now he's come back up with Seattle. He has a little less control on being able to change players out every couple of years. Mm-hmm. But he's doing just as well now as he did then, too. I think it all kind of factors down to how much the coach has control over over a team. You know what I mean? Because you run into instances like the Cowboys where, um, you know, their owner chooses the roster. You know what I mean? There's no control. Like, the GM is yeah. – but, like, if you run into an instance where, like, Houston right now, like, Houston doesn't even have an owner, I don't think, to this. They have a temporary – They're being ran by yeah, right now. But they're getting ran by the coach, basically. So you know, like I could, I could see both arguments, both sides of that argument. I'm with you on that. I just you open that can, so I thought I would go. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the cans of words. We got to open them up. <laughs> but all right, Coach Combs, do you want to give the people listening um, just a little, you know, rundown of who you are, where you came from, you know, your your kind of path to where you where you were from to where you are now? Okay, sure. So um, one of the first things I'll mention here is it's amazing sometimes that the doors that get opened for you uh, and and to not ignore that and not overlook that fact. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had the chance to, when I first got to Vanderbilt, that first year I didn't want to manage. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to be a fan for once Mm -hmm. uh, because I had managed all the sports when I was in high school. I would help out at track meets, basketball games, football games, baseball games, softball, soccer. I helped at all of them. I just wanted to go watch a game, go have some fun. Yeah. Uh, so the freshman year, I did that. Then going into sophomore year, there were signs out. They were looking for managers. Well, you know what? I've done it before, so I'll go ahead and, and do it again. But that opening had just opened up, and here's the sign uh, right in the middle of my dorm room or dorm hallway for it, and I got to go apply for it and, and got in and got the job and, and really enjoyed those several years with uh, Coach Stallings. Um, for reference for any Vanderbilt fans, the year where we were in the Sweet 16 – uh, with Derek Byers and Dan Cage, Ted Scuchis, and uh, lost to Georgetown when Jeff Green still, I still say, traveled um, <laughs> for that last basket. Uh, that was my senior year. So I was there on All the right. bench in 316 at the Barclay Center in New Jersey, or uh, not the Barclay Center, but whatever it was um, in 2007. I don't remember anymore. But so that was my last game um, with Vanderbilt basketball. So then from there, I got to picked up by Pete Froden at Sycamore High School, um, who knew one of the assistant coaches at Vanderbilt from previous times. I don't remember how they knew each other or what connection they had, but he, he knew the connections, uh, made a couple calls and, and brought me in. And I was able to coach a couple years at Sycamore High School, um, met a beautiful lady who is now my wife and um, <laughs> who lived in here in Sumner County. So I wanted to come kind of come this direction. Gotcha. And fortunately, there was a, a spot that opened up. And I think, Michael, I think this was um, before you were at the high school. Um, I think was that the high school in, when you got there? You came in 2010 to station camp, didn't you? Yes. That was the year before I started. That was the year before my freshman year. Okay. So, yeah, so that was – I was there that year. Uh, when I came in, there was a, a teacher who left uh, mid – 
school year, like Labor Day, early school year. Okay. And they were looking for a spot to fill, a teacher to fill a place, fill a, a room. And fortunately, that's when I was looking. And so I was able to pop in there, uh, get in that spot. Seth Massey helped me get in as well. And then all of a sudden, hey, here I went to station camp, gave coaching middle school a try. We'll probably get to talk about that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, went down with, with Jeremy Bartlett and then um, had the opportunity from, once again, just things happening in the right direction. Uh, the girls coach had a baby, so she wanted to take a year away from coaching. And so they asked me to be an interim for a year. And we had a great season. And after that season, Mike Hayes, uh, who was principal at Knox Doss at that time, but he was an assistant principal at station camp mm-hmm. um, when, I, when I first got hired and when you guys were both there, uh, and called me, asked me to come and take over their program that was 1-15 in 15 that season. Gotcha. Um, and so, and actually, I don't know how far reaching this has been known, but I, I have stepped down after this past season. Um, I do have a, with my beautiful wife, I mentioned earlier, I do have a son, a four-year-old son, and we had a newborn on February 27th of this year. And so I'm going to take some time away from coaching and be able to spend time with them. Uh, I've learned and thought about that. You know what? I can always get back into coaching at some point. There will always be openings. There will always be places to go, but that I will not always be able to, uh, get these years of four years old back. Yeah, no. Um, with my kids. Um, congratulations, by the way. On I've seen I keep up with the pictures on uh, on Facebook and stuff of of your little <laughs> one. But uh, congratulations. So um, let's let's talk a little bit about you know your your path you took kind of from Vandy to where you are now. Just a question off the top of the head for you: What's the most difficult part about being a coach? I know that's not an easy that's not an easy first question, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's uh let's not tee this first one off, huh? The most difficult part about being a coach, and I would say it is basketball is one of the more difficult ones to do this in. Football is probably the hardest. Baseball, sorry, Camden and, and Michael, you play too, <laughs> is probably the easiest for this part. Is getting the entire group to play as a group. Yeah, get that um, getting the almost bingo, uh, getting the five players on the floor to play as one group all together. Uh, I would tell you that probably is more important on football. That offensive line has to be all in one group. Um, whereas baseball, baseball is a lot of individual mm-hmm. type accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest thing, especially in basketball and coaching middle school is very, very difficult with this too, is getting them to all play together as a unit uh, because they all have their own dreams. They all have their own goals and they're trying to get themselves into those spots. And sometimes you're having to show them that by working as the entire group is how you're best going to get into these great spots you're looking for. I definitely, I mean, I've, I've thought about this question and I kind of was going that same way that you went, but I don't think I could have explained it any better than that. (laughs) What coach Combs, what do you think the most rewarding part of being a coach is? I mean, uh, is it seeing your players go on and succeed and, the future or is it what is that i guess really camden that is it the seeing them succeed as they move on from here i still love uh watching chase freeman play at wagner mm-hmm. now um I, I love getting a chance to go see uh jane Deason at lipscomb um i'm looking forward to getting a chance to go see faith Eubank bank at cumberland um goes i wish i could have gotten to go see keaton play 
Keaton Dodson played at several places he played. Um, just seeing that the success as they went on. And then especially the, the best part about coaching middle school and teaching high school is that I got to see the kids again. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're in their life for like seven years almost, if you, if you think about it. You're pretty close to it. <laughs> and, and when they come up, I'm, I'm able to um, maybe not so much be coach anymore, but be that mentor role advisor, kind of? yeah. confidant. I, they, they can come to me with problems because I'm not there every day anymore. Um, and they can come up to me and ask questions to me and use me as help as opposed to the, the coaching aspect of it. So getting to see both sides of it, but you know, just seeing them succeed, seeing them accomplish their goals, even if it's not just basketball, players going baseball, players going football, uh, people who don't even want to do sports at, anymore after, after middle school, but get themselves in a great spot and get college scholarships for academics or whatever it may be. Um, just seeing them succeed, maybe from the hard work they learned in middle school, at least I can hope and, and think that's part of it. So what's your opinion on multi-sport athletes? I know I was a multi-sport athlete in high school. Cam, you just played baseball, but what do you... I played basketball freshman year. Throw me some respect, eh? And middle school. <laughs> yeah, and middle school, and middle too. School. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. But... Um... <laughs> What's your opinion on it? Do you, are you an advocate for it? Do you believe that like, cause you know, there's, I've heard coaches say it's better for kids to go play two sports. Cause if they focus on one thing, then they get burnt out on it. But I've also heard that like, I've heard football coaches say not to play other sports, like focus on football the entire year. But like, what's your, what's your opinion on that? I'm going to meet you somewhere in the middle. Um, up to about junior year, I think you should be playing anything and everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, once you get to about junior year, that's when you really probably should, if you are going to go somewhere, if you're going to go play sports somewhere in, collegiately, if you're just playing it for fun, then keep playing all the sports you want to play. Mm-hmm. But if you're wanting to go play it collegiately, uh, probably about junior year would be the time when you want to start Honing focusing in. in and hone in on a certain sport. Um, no, middle I, school, I... there's no reason to specialize in middle school. None. Zero. I completely agree with you on that. Cause like just looking back, like I played football and baseball in, in high school, all four years. And there's a lot of like college camps or like, you know, cause I, I was decent at football, but I honestly think that I enjoyed baseball more, but there was a lot of stuff I missed, like as far as like summer tryouts or summer camps or, you know, the, these college days that I missed because, you know, I was doing football I and mean, football was, five days a week, you know, during the summer. So I couldn't miss football to go to a baseball because it wasn't baseball season. You know, that was the the thinking behind it. So I completely agree. I think my kids, when I do have kids, are going to play anything that has a ball. You know what I mean? And anything that they can, you know, anything they can do, I feel like is better. Because, like, you know, I'm six foot five now, and I've never played organized basketball. And that's Dang. something I feel like I – either will regret or like I'm not going to give my kids the chance to regret and you know it just goes by you know how you were raised how you grew up because like neither one of my parents played basketball so it makes sense that they wouldn't make me play basketball because they had no idea about basketball but like you know as, as a big kid a big tall kid like you know I've never to this day played one one minute of organized basketball I I, I kind of see that uh and I look back and I think you know, I played basketball until freshman year of high school, played baseball, you know, all the time, but I never played football. And I look back and I'm 
I'm not the most versed in football, but I love watching football now, and it makes me want to go and play football, and it makes me want to tra- travel back in time to go and play football, even though I wasn't the biggest kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with you, and I, I agree with you guys on that. Really, like, I never played football much either. Um, I never really learned much about it until I really got into college. Uh, I, I helped around with high school, but I didn't know enough of what was going on. Um, but really, if I, if I wanted to use an example – from several years ago at Station Camp, I, I thought Josh Malone did it perfectly because he played um, football, basketball, and track through mm-hmm. the first two years at Station Camp. Mm-hmm. Um, knew football was going to be his his ticket, and so then focused on that after his sophomore year. And of course, he still did track, but track was kind of just go out and run, which helped him with football anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the if, if I had to pick a way of talking about multi-sport athlete. Uh, if you are trying to go somewhere or go do something with it, I would definitely, through sophomore year, be playing as many things as you want to do. Uh, but if you're someone who just wants to play, not planning on going and playing collegiately, just wants to play it, play as many as you want. Yeah. So I got a question kind of on the flip side of that for you. What advice would you give to someone who wants to become a coach? Well, uh, one of the first things kind of goes back to my story uh, of, of where I came from and how I got to where I am now is – um, do your best to, to never burn down any bridges mm-hmm. the entire time you're going through life to, to make sure, because you never know who you're going to be making a phone call to. Uh, the funny story with Coach Massey uh, is I had actually met him the year before, or mm. not even the year before, like that, that previous spring, because I was going, I just went to the state tournament games just for fun, just to go watch them. And that was when uh, John Jenkins was getting one of his players of the year. And you know what? I happened to sit down like two row, a row or two ahead of him, just completely by coincidence, completely by accident. And we just started talking a little bit. And so when I was applying at station camp, I sent him an email, said, hey, funny story. Do you remember a guy talking to you at the state tournament? And that helped me get in and helped me um, get right on the staff right away when I got here. That's crazy. That sounds like something that would happen to my dad or something that my dad would do, uh, to be 100% honest. Because I know that he just, he goes out. You know, he goes to different minor league games and just talks to people and just gets contacts like that. And I know that's helped him in the past. So I can vouch for that 100 percent. Just well, seeing you know, that through him. You know, they say it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And I, I'm a All firm believer is, on I'm a firm believer on that. It's because you look at, you know, there's we, we could go so deep into this, but it a lot of it is not about what you know. It's about who you know, where, you know, in the moment. And that kind of goes, I mean, like you say, you can go really deep into this about how um, I always worry about my students when they are so focused about getting all A's as opposed to building relationships. Exactly. For that very reason. And that's like, you can, you can even take that into college. Like, you know, when you get your diploma, it doesn't say your GPA on it, but correct. The friends you build in college, we will have for the rest of your life. You know, and that that's, you know, someone told me that a long time ago and it kind of uh kind of stuck with me and another great one that i i've i've heard before is you might not remember the test you failed but you'll definitely remember the party that night um so that's <laughs> always that's always one that's, that's stuck with me kind of going on uh with coaching still have you ever been tossed out of a game coach combs and if you have like what happened do you have you no i have not Oh, uh, in fact, I, I have only received one technical. Yeah, you don't. When when I was writing this question out, I was like, 
he's not the personality to really like because like you're not a very much like scream get in the face kind of guy if that makes sense you know what i mean um so like no, so, yeah, when i, I wrote it walk, I was like, and it was a it was a seventh grade saturday game <laughs> i think wait was was that my team no okay i i had to ask no i forgot when, when well, i was writing the, that the time you were there that seventh grade group i had because because you actually came as a eighth grader right with that yeah was- so i i tried out just uh, shout out to all the kids who are trying out right now uh i tried out in seventh grade didn't make the team and i made it my determination to come back and make it for the eighth grade team and i sure sure did so yeah so that, that group was a little bit different of a, a group i know i got to play you a little bit with that team as well um but they uh i got bored coaching that group <laughs> That was Chase Freeman, Reed Reynolds. Uh, I can list off some names. That that was um, a good team. They, they were the that group of five. A... I mentioned earlier about the most difficult part about uh, getting a team to play as a group. They did that naturally. <laughs> so They're I'm all still teams friends. By 30, and I'm not even trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the only thing I'm doing as a coach is like, all right, you go get so-and-so. You go get so-and-so. <laughs> you just spread out the minutes. That's all you were doing, basically. <laughs> Time out. I'm bored. I want to draw a play up. <laughs> well, I, but no, my I one remember... technical was was okay. a, a several years after you came. I think it was actually my last year at Station Camp Middle. Um, so we were there playing on a Saturday, and the team we were playing, I still think, was grabbing jerseys, holding on, and doing all that kind of stuff. And so I'm asking the official, get their hands off, get their hands off. Coach, that's enough. Come on, we're about two minutes into the game, and I'm getting, I'm getting it. That's enough. <laughs> so, so I waited. I held on, and we go through the pretty much the rest of the game. It's about five minutes left in the game. Finally, we're about down 15, 20. We're nowhere close into this one. And one of my kids, we were trying to teach them, so hands are on, how do you break it off? So you break with your hands going towards the basketball, looking for the basketball, trying to ex- accentuate that you're trying to break free of their hands. Well, my player decided to take going towards the basketball, throwing hands towards the basketball as having your hands throw the other player away from the basketball and as a big <laughs> shove. And so, of course, he got called for offensive foul. And my line then was, well, then you get their hands off of us then. Pop. Oh, dang. Well, the story goes, Coach Bartlett was there at the table, and he got he was frustrated like I was. And most of you know Coach Bartlett. He, he does have a little more fire on that side of it than, than I do. Um, so he's kind of just frustrated at so at Station Camp Middle. He just kind of pushes the scorer's table, just trying to frustrate, just push it away. The wheel gets stuck on the carpet. <laughs> so the entire table goes tumbling over into the court of play. Oh, oh papers, all the pens, all, all the stuff that's on that table. Um, all over this technical that I'm getting, I go run over there, pick up a pen, put it back on the table, and I go sit down. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get ejected. <laughs> I remember, That's my one technical story. I remember Bartlett bringing clipboards to games just to break them. Because yeah, many people yeah. don't know, I managed basketball, I guess, 6th, mm-hmm. 7th, and 8th grade um, when I was in middle school. And um, – we would we would pack the bag to go and he would he always had his good clipboard then he had the if i get mad hand me this clipboard and it was always <laughs> funny because we would he would he we would we would pack that clipboard every game and he i remember at uh at hunter one time he snapped it it wasn't even 
it was just I think it was just to rally everyone up, but like it was so funny. We come out, we come into halftime, and he comes into the locker room and just breaks it over his knee. And like we ended up winning the game, I think, but it was just funny. Like we, I remember packing it every game. I was like, "We bring in this one, yeah, we're bringing that one." I was like, "Okay." Dude. <laughs> oh my! I can God. see that he actually never had those um, when I became his assistant after you left, Michael. But uh, but yeah, he he could certainly do that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember a lot. Oh, there's a lot of stories we could tell about Bartlett. <laughs> I, I remember one time we weren't doing very well at practice and coach Combs, uh, you, yeah, I think you had something at the high school, so you weren't there. And, uh, is that, yeah, I was I, doing both. I was coaching both high school and middle yeah, school. Yeah. I think it was, you were supposed to get there like an hour after we started or something, but it was the first like 30 minutes. Things just were not going well. And he just grabbed the basketball and just kicked it across the it? gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh yeah. I've done so, that too. <laughs> so you gotta remember, I I was a part of the team that had like Matt Fudge, Becker Morgan, um, uh-huh. all those guys, and you know that team was stacked. Like we were, I I don't, and Tony Safori was on that team. Like that was a really good team, and you know that that team had a lot of personalities. I guess you could say. Um, so there were a lot of times at practice that he was the best freshman. Your personality is is right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of times that I feel like he would just he would just make him run because there were a lot of jokesters. So like, and you know, after they're middle school kids, after a day of middle school, you're the last thing you want to do is focus on basketball. You know, your mind's a million other places. But I think we just got a couple of questions left for you, Coach. Um, okay. One that I got is if you could be an assistant to any NBA coach, who would it be? Past or present doesn't matter. I'd probably go back with my answer for earlier. I, I would love to be on Brad Stevens' staff. Brad Stevens. Um, that it's a uh, a staff and a, a coach that I can respect with how he treats his players. Um, like for example, I probably could not do a Bobby Knight. <laughs> no. He, he, now, <laughs> in fairness, a... Bobby Knight has has forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. <laughs> so uh, when I say that, but I I just cannot uh, agree with some of the ways he treated players. And he handled um, conversations and disagreements with players. Uh, I, yeah. I just couldn't do it. But Brad Stevens. Now, there may be a book out that comes out in like thirty years that talks about how the real Brad Stevens. But as far as I know, and everything I've heard, um, that's never even been a question with how he treats players, how he treats um, staff members, and everything. Um, I, I'd like to work on his staff. So this is kind of like a it's a little difficult conversation, but I'm gonna figure out how to ask it. What's your favorite player you've either coached or met or like famous person, like famous player? Does that make sense? Like, so like me, my favorite favorite person I've ever met, like as either as like a player or anything, would be John Jenkins. Um, just because you know I was the ball boy in when he was in high school. You know what I mean? And I was in the locker room for a lot of you know, I think three out of the four of his high school years. But, like, do you have anyone like that, either with your time at Vandy or, you know, time coaching at the high school? Because Vandy, I, I had several NBA players come through. Um, Derek Byers played in the NBA for a while. Shane Foster. Mm-hmm. Let's see. That may have been – because I was I, – I graduated before John and Taylor and Azili all got there, but I've met them when I yeah. coached camps. Gotcha. And things like that. Yeah, so the, they would probably – be the ones that be most the most famous ones mm-hmm. uh be either Derek or shane uh and I'll, I'll lean towards shane because shane actually got to sing on jim rome television show once okay 
So I'll go with that. I'm, I'm going to kind of stick, stay clear of the, the favorite player you've coached because uh, there are a bunch. Well, I guess that was more like player okay. you've coached that's been the most famous, I guess is the way that that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I got you. Now, the yeah. most the, in terms of that, the, the one who's gone on playing college basketball right now like that has been Chase Freeman. Yeah. Uh, and I, I loved coaching him. He was He was a very easy player to coach. He's a fun person to watch play. Just in general. He, he I, really I was. Oh, absolutely. And, and his biggest thing, once again, is he knew his strength was getting everyone else points. And so he just took advantage of it. It was so much fun watching that team that I joked about earlier that they ran the floor better than any team I've ever coached for because they all knew if Chase Freeman had the basketball and they were open, they, they were going to get the pass for a layup. Yeah. And Chase could split so a double team ran. like no one's business, too. Oh, there's plenty of stories about that one, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, had a, he had a really good career in middle school and an excellent career in high school, too. So, Coach, having two kids, uh, I assume you're probably going to put them in sports or let them choose. Uh, do you have any – I mean, obviously, you probably, like you talked about, have them play everything and anything until sophomore, junior year of high school. But what what sport would you want them to – choose at the end of that if that makes well, sense end, well that I'm, I'm not going to answer that question that's that's their okay. answer that's not that's me. theirs all right all right i, I can respect um, that I can respect now that. what i will tell you is what i'm hoping to get them both involved with early is soccer not so much for to have that be their career even though either of them love it then so be it that's awesome but soccer has so many skills and works on so many of the different athleticism pieces all in one game the footwork yeah. the endurance uh, the teamwork, all of it is there in that one game. So the more I can start them with soccer and then we can kind of veer off into whatever they would prefer after that, that's kind of my plan. But once again, I'm going to let them be their own kids and, and try and not be one of those parents who live vicariously through them. Absolutely. Let I them have soccer. their chances. I played soccer when I was three. That was the first sport I ever signed up for. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't play anymore after that first year. <laughs> but also, you couldn't sign up for T-ball till you were four, so makes sense. <laughs> also true, yeah. All right, Coach Combs, I think this is the last question we have for you. We're not going to keep you too long. Thank you so much. So out of all the subjects you teach, which is Algebra 2, Statistics, and what's the third one? Uh, applied uh, Math, math. I oh, call, yeah. It was fine when, you, when I had both of you, but it's now called Applied Math. Okay, Applied Math. Which one's your favorite to teach? Statistics. Statistics? And it, it, the, the biggest thing about it that I love the most, and applied math had parts of it. Um, statistics is, this is real life stuff. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you go, every article you read, you are talking about it. One of the first things that I have every student do in my stats class is write me a paragraph about where you think statistics will get used in your career. Uh, and every career either has a confidence interval of some sort or testing whether one thing works over another or comparing groups, comparing times. Like, for example, for you guys, I mean, how often do you produce your show? Having that idea of am I better off doing it every day? Am I better off doing it once a week? Uh, what's my best comparison? That's that's stats. And you got plenty of those to look at using podcasting. Yeah, no, definitely. We've definitely um jumped on the learning curve of doing this whole thing um your episode will be the 11th episode we've done and we've done that in a month so we've, okay we've uh slowly but surely amped it up but you know it's um it's definitely something that you know we we just uh, had to look it. at too it's just we have 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot of work going into it, but I think, I mean, I'm speaking on the behalf of Michael too, but I, I, we just love doing this. We have fun doing it. Uh, we enjoy it. It's not, doesn't feel like work. So I think the biggest thing is catching up with people you haven't talked to in years. Like I haven't talked to you, coach Combs, like face to face or even on the phone since my senior year in high school, you know what I mean? So like, it's just yep. fun catching up with people that you haven't talked to in God knows when. Uh, it seems like a, sounds like a fun idea to do, and, and I hope you guys keep doing it. You guys are doing a good job with it. Uh, I've listened to a couple. I listened to the Thomas Azaro one. Yeah, yeah, Thomas was a good one. Was a good one. Just the uh, the ideas there. So uh, I hope you guys are doing well with it and uh, enjoying. It. I appreciate you guys asking me to be part of it. No, thank you so of much. Um, yeah. Do you want to shout out your Twitter or anything or Facebook or anything for the people to follow? Uh, let's see. So I guess Twitter is Jeff, G-E-O-F-F underscore Combs, C-O-M-B-S. Gotcha. Um, and that's probably the, the best one on there to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram are a little tougher, but Twitter Twitter works well. Gotcha. Well, for that. Coach Combs, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you taking busy week to come and talk to us hey guys it's been a pleasure and i've enjoyed catching up with both of you thanks coach all right talk to you later coach